Hello everyone, good morning. Hope you are safe wherever you are. For everyone who is joining us today, welcome to IIDA Summit. And for everyone who is already with us since yesterday, welcome back to IIDA Summit Day 2. IIDA Summit is an initiative by The Architect's Diary. I am Radha, Managing Editor at The Architect's Diary and your host for today. IIDA aims to bring about a stern and architectural fraternity through insightful engagements with renowned and greatest minds in the field of architecture and design. Our sponsors for this event are Insulpro and Gromic Heating. We thank them for believing in our vision. You can know more about Insulpro and Gromic Heating from the domes which you can access through directly from lobby. Our state-of-the-art venue is designed by Manticore Design. There are a lot of challenges at hand for architects throughout the world, mainly because of the way we are operating currently. Everything is rethought upon and has got on a different paradigm. We need to locate the crux of any challenge to be able to solve it or maybe give an attempt to change certain things in the architectural world. This year's theme, as you already know, is the foyer to future. Is the future in the hands of technological advancements? Where is the sustainability factor going? What is the role of an architect in the field and where will it, where is it lead, is leading in 2040? All of these questions and many, many more are brewing in our minds and through this event, you'll be able to address these questions as well as much needed uh, refined perspective you'll be able to gain. So please note the next six points for the entire event. You can switch between Auditorium 1 and Auditorium 2 whenever you want. You can download the schedule for today from either of the auditoriums. During the last few minutes of any session end, you can send in your questions and we would ask the designer on your behalf for the same. Please open the screen on a laptop device for a better result. You can converse with each other from the network lounge when there are break sessions going on. Starting with our first speaker today, our first speaker today is architect Aparna Anirudhan from Zaita. Architect Aparna is the head of research at Zaita and holds a master's degree in architectural research from the University of Bath. Through her role, she aims to be a catalyst in the dynamic process of design thinking by integrating the theory and practice of architecture, closely collaborating with data and analysis. She strongly believes in the power of design and its element to both amaze and delight and its in true potential to create humane work environment. These principles are reflected in her writing and the way she envisions the space. A bibliophile and a gourmand, she indulges her interest across her travels with her nose buried in a book. Moving on to her talk, what is she going to speak today? So the recent and obvious changes in our climate in the world over have long been ignored and pushed aside with a dismissive shrug. But climate change looms large and dark over the future, as we all already, you know, are aware. A leap towards a brighter future lies in committing towards net zero emissions, or at the very least, carbon neutrality. A host of countries have recently pledged to reach net zero emissions in the coming years, with 2050 being the year of deliverance. Long-term implications of the business of building and construction are plentiful and focusing on reducing greenhouse gases through efficient practices would help reduce operational costs and help make the world a better place. Through this talk, she will explore and explain the steps towards net zero emissions and how certain alterations 
to the purpose of building and construction would bring us closer to the target of net zero emissions by 2050. We give the floor to Ms. Aparna. Welcome to IIDA Summit, Architect Aparna. Thank you. Thank you, Radha, for that lovely introduction. Hello, I am Aparna, Architect and Head of Research at Zaita. A warm welcome to you all to the second day of the IIDA Virtual Summit 2021. Uh, personally, for me, it was quite an engaging and uh, exciting day one. And through my talk today, I hope to do justice to this two-day showcase of talent and knowledge. Uh, before I start, I would like to thank IIDA for this opportunity to be presenting alongside some of the greats of the design fraternity. Uh, as Radha mentioned, any questions you may have, please jot them down in the viewers' questions tab, and I will try to answer as much as possible at the end of the session. Let's begin. <clears throat> the latest research is clear. To avoid the worst climate impacts, global greenhouse gas emissions will need to drop significantly. With this target in mind, the UNFCC, uh, United Nations Climate Change Framework Convention, drafted the Paris Agreement in 2015. Uh, the Paris Agreement is a legally binding international treaty on climate change. Its goal to limit global warming to well before below two, preferably to 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial levels. To achieve this long-term temperature goal, countries must aim to reach global peaking of greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible to achieve a climate climate neutral world by mid-century, in other words, net zero in 2050. The Paris Agreement is a landmark in the multilateral climate change process because for the first time, a binding agreement brings all nations into a common cause to undertake uh, ambitious efforts to combat climate change and adapt to its side effects. Since its effect in 2015, the Paris Agreement has seen a rapidly growing number of national governments, local governments, and business leaders making commitments to reach net zero 2050. To date, over 50 countries have communicated such net zero targets, including the world's uh, largest emitters, such as China and US, with the US recently rejoining the treaty uh, in 2020. The buildings and buildings construction sectors combined are responsible for one third of global final energy consumption and nearly 40% of total direct and indirect CO2 emissions. Energy related CO2 emissions from buildings have risen uh, in recent years after flattening between 2013 and 2016. Direct and indirect emissions from electricity and commercial heat used in buildings rose to 10 gigatons of equivalent carbon dioxide in 2019, the highest level ever recorded. <clears throat> Several factors have contributed to this rise. Uh, energy demand for heating and cooling with rising air conditioner uh, ownership, extreme weather events, which ironically enough is due to the climate change. Uh, extreme heat in many parts of the world was partially responsible for electricity demand uh, growth in 2019, the second hottest year on record. Enormous emissions reduction potential remains untapped due to the continued use of fossil fuel-based assets, for, especially for electrical, electricity and heating, for transport, for buildings, heating and cooling, a lack of effective energy efficiency policies, and insufficient investment in sustainable systems. 
long term national uh, low emission strategies called for by the paris agreement can set out a vision for national transitions these long term objectives need to be linked to measurable short term targets and policies uh, as you see, as you can see on the screen uh, these near term milestones need to be achieved to for net zero 2050 by 2025 no new sales of fossil fuel boilers need to be uh, need uh, need had to have to be cut down renewable sources of energy need to be used by 2030 the world needs a universal energy access with energy efficiency in place all new buildings need to be zero carbon ready uh, by 2035 uh, most appliances and cooling systems uh, you know which are sold need to be the best in class with low maintenance and uh, efficient systems by 2040 50% by 2050 85% of buildings need to be zero carbon ready achieving uh, achieving these will will be a major boost to well-being and productivity in developing economies uh, the changes will affect multiple aspects of people's lives from transport heating and uh, cooking to urban planning and jobs it is estimated that 55% of the cumulative emissions reductions in the pathway are linked to consumer choices such as purchasing uh, an electrical vehicle uh, retrofitting a house with energy efficient technologies or installing a heat pump uh, behavioral changes also play a major part uh, particularly in advanced economies such as replacing car trips with walking cycling or public transport or foregoing a long haul flight which also provides uh, about 4% of uh, 4% of the cumulative carbon em- emission reduction india's target for 2030 is to cutting down emissions carbon emissions intensity by 33 to 35% below 2005 levels which is the baseline and generating 40% of its electricity from non fossil fuel sources by 2030 uh, the <clears throat> countries cumulatively submit their plans for climate action which this is known as the intended national nationally determined contribution uh, so in in these ndcs countries communicate actions they will take to reduce their ghg emissions in order to reach the goals of the paris agreement india has taken that the, the same goals and continue to work towards it and will continue to reduce uh, cut down emissions by 2030 zaiter's five year plan at zaiter we look at creating efficient offices which focus on uh, the their uh, for, uh, financial sustainability uh, which is uh, annual savings cost optimized uh, systems and it's the systems environmental impacts and thereby its social impacts on communities our five year plan entails our goal to design uh, and, and design workspaces that generate and harvest energy and also help the organization in terms of revenue and retention and and hopefully we coincide with their own goal for energy efficiency energy efficiency is changing with new te- digital technologies enabling greater control uh, optimization and analytics digitalization describes a growing application of information and communications technology short for um, uh, which is uh, ICT is a short form across the economy 
So this leads to uh, increasing volumes of data, rapid progress in advanced analytics, and greater connectivity between humans, devices, and machines, including machine to machine, which is the ongoing uh, uh, progress towards artificial intelligence coming into our workplaces and into our communities. Uh, digitalization's impact on the demand side is uh, quite complex, but uh, but if if managed carefully, the process of digitalization can actually be steered towards maximizing the benefits for energy system and minimizing the negative uh, impacts. Uh, data gathering uh, technologies, such as which you see on the left, such as sensors and meters, collect data on energy use, uh, uh, specifically like climate for energy use. This is then processed into useful information through analytics and uh, results in algorithms uh, which are powered by uh, artificial intelligence. This then is sent to devices such as automation and uh, uh, sensors and controls, which, uh, which affects the, the data into physical changes in the ambient environment, in the workplace. Uh, some devices require human action to optimize energy use uh, for example more uh, nowadays we know there is a smartphone app which can suggest an energy efficient route to work or uh, you can schedule meetings uh, according to and you can, it can schedule it can actually give you a route which which would uh, which would you know uh, suggest uh, an easier route to reach the workplace maybe through public transport or through some uh, or you can actually schedule a room uh, very near to your uh, residence, so that there is the cut. The cut down on commute is significantly uh, higher. Uh, digital technology is already widely used in all energy and use sectors. Uh, more and more commercial buildings are equipped with, equipped with uh, smart appliances and intelligent uh, energy management systems in the industry sector, including three D printing, which is a standard practice now. Many firms have taken up three D printing, which is a, a, a sustainable way of <clears throat> of increase of decreasing the usage of uh, fossil fuel sources. Some of the smart building services that can be controlled uh, through the Internet of Things are given below. Any business that has been operated inside a commercial building needs to collect, store, and analyze data for the advancement of the business. Uh, usage of the Internet uh, of Things, the IoT, is a competitive advantage, but it takes commercial building management uh, one step further. This even helps in maximizing occupancy and increasing the occupant's comfort. Uh, we, uh, with when it comes to security and safety, uh, we, we, with the help of various types of sensors, beacons, and RFID tags, IoT can help in managing and utilizing the spaces appropriately. This is for uh, real estate optimization, for meeting room scheduling. Uh, the, it can uh, sort out data according to the occupancy of the room, occupancy of the building. Such kind of monitoring can help in better planning of the usage of the uh, of the building, uh, especially in in the current pandemic situation, uh, a staggered workforce would actually would, would would is actually an opportunity for us to be able to optimize our buildings according to how much the the building how much and how long the building would be occupied for. 
uh, in safety and security, access control is the most important medium. So its connection to the internet has open, opened up new prospects. So uh, facial recognition for enhanced security, taking uh, 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 ease of vacation, uh, ease of vacating the building, sorry, ease of vacating the building in terms of emergencies or natural disasters, uh, maintenance of building equipment like uh, HVAC systems, electrical elevators, escalators uh, can be made easy by IoT. Uh, all of these, all of these systems, all of these equipment, all of these uh, controls, one, one, once they integrated with IoT, uh, they, they actually encourage and enhance optimization of a smart building. They actually would increase the chances of the occupants coming down to the workplace to use the workspace uh, according to their comfort and according to how they would want to work wherever they are. All this is done via data and analytics, which was previously mentioned. Uh, Matt, this is one of our projects, uh, Zaita's uh, project in, uh, it, it is a platinum rated project from USGBC. It is uh, located in Bangalore. Maxim Integrated is an American publicly traded company that designs, manufactures and sells analog and mixed signal integrated circuits. Uh, one of the challenging input uh, was to achieve green standards and the project was approved for the platinum rated project. Uh, I will explain in detail one, uh, one of the major factors for which we were awarded the uh, platinum rating for this project. The natural lighting system was provided using optic fiber cables, which was powered by solar energy. How it works is uh, optical fiber lighting can transmit natural light and make lighting based on the total reflection principle of the light and the fibers. This introduces the natural uh, light uh, from the natural source, the daylight, into the optical fiber. This is then redistributed to the interiors through the transmission of the optical fibers in turn, in, in turn which is in line with the lighting needs of the, in the lighting needs of the, of the room. So, if, uh, according to the diagram, you can see these are situate, These are located on the uh, roof. Each of the optical fibers are are uh, trans are uh, connected through a shaft, and in the, in the fourth floor, which is the maximum floor, these these have been used to uh, light up the uh, collapsed space over uh, in the in the interior. So this is this is where this is the lighting this is which is actually powered by solar energy so uh, the optical fibers are all connected to uh, this particular section of the floor so this is a this this entirely is actually uh, the the placement of the lights are uh, are according to a grid so it, it also works as a smart grid so all the optical fibers are connected to a grid and they eventually uh, lead to uh, lead to lighting up the space in term in in terms of uh, whenever there is uh, occupancy occupancy in that in that particular area, and there is uh, it is energy efficient because obviously uh, solar energy has been used. So and also uh, it cut down uh, it cuts down on it the uh, lighting the electricity demand of the building. Uh, Danaher Corporate, this is another project uh, for Danaher Corporation. Uh, 
in 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 its life sciences and uh, diagnostic segment danaher is associated with uh, beckman coulter radiometer lycobiosystems and more in uh, the beckman coulter uh includes a lot of re, uh, recent amenities uh, encouraging discovery and innovation uh, it is set up in rnz eco world bangalore and uh, the focus for of this project was on its uh, hvac system we have used uh, a hvac system which uses a thermo which is a thermo fuser diffuser system it is a it is a vav powered uh, system um as you can see uh, each thermofuser diffuser has an adjustable built-in thermostat creating an individual zone so it it, it creates a zone of its own there are no uh, it's it's uh, powered by a vav uh, system it has thermal actuators to actually uh, to transmit the, uh, the transmit the ambient air across the different zones so uh, uh, the the system has actually uh, uh, you can be altered the, uh, the temperature of the zone can be altered via uh, which is in the room so it provides according to the occupancy of the room so if you are in the room and you want to use it for a particular period so you can do it uh, you can do it whenever you want and it the 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 main point the main features of this would be there's a separate temperature for uh, set, set set points for va and vav heating uh, the air distribution is uh, is throughout. It's 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 optimized. There's no uh, there's no increased flow or increased throw in room. Uh, there is uh, even this uh, temperature distribution and and uh, most importantly, it is adapted to the thermal comfort. Uh, it uh, it has low to no maintenance. It at the ten year warranty and. The main point, uh, the main point of using this particular system in this project was that it awards 21 uh, green uh, lead rating points under the under the green building rating system. So, how it does that is it creates a low energy approach by designing an all low pressure, uh, in uh, all turn down individually zoned system. Uh, it provides individual temperature control and and thermal comfort, which is the need of the art uh, produces high room air change effectiveness and of offers design opportunities for quiet operation that which uh, it is it is in terms of uh, distractions at uh, at work due to the sound of the hvac system this is this is almost an innovative feature where where, where it is completely you know quiet and there's no the sound of motors or anything is not heard and it also offers innovative benefits Uh, the heating equipment market continues to be uh, dominated by fossil fuel equipment and less efficient and conventional electrical heating uh, technologies, which make up almost 80% of new sales. Uh, we have to make sure that these kind of measures can be undertaken to uh, make sure the demand for heating and cooling of fossil fuels through fossil fuels need to be cut down. Uh, fuel in, heating and hot water generation needs to be fossil fuel free. These are these are all coupled with behavioral changes. So once you get to know, once you understand that there is a significant uh, significant increase in 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 what you do in 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 the increase of greenhouse gases and emissions, 
we have to we have to take that step to moderate our use of these fossil fuel sources for fuel and heating uh the in terms of metering the heating that is used for a space needs to be logged they need to be uh, analyzed and they need to be used in analytics to make sure that it does it it is it is at a set point it is at a baseline and we may and it has to be made sure that it does not go beyond the baseline and work towards uh, having it below the actual baseline like how uh, in um, india has a baseline of 2005 and we are working towards sorry, 2035. So it all comes up to us to actually change our behavior according to our usage, according to its moderation. Uh, though, although, uh, although there is uh, in India, although there is a, a significant uh, uh, demand for heating, it is also balanced by uh, an, an equal demand for renewable sources energy. So. We have uh, solar plants. We have uh, hydroelectric uh, electricity. So we do have a significant demand for the same. So it has to be balanced, and going along, it has to increase much more than the actual dependency on fossil fuels. So um, in 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 demand response, the measures will have to be into uh, you know allowing buildings to be flexible with their demand, uh, but at the same time. All this, all these need to be uh, flexible in terms of renewable, using renewable energy rather than fossil fuel dependency. This is fundamental to allow uh, the harness of renewable energy. Uh, behavioral changes would be in participating in educational initiatives, uh, uh, which raise awareness and also increase enthusiasm for participation in voluntary schemes to reduce peak demand and which should be you know a worthwhile endeavor zyta collaborated with together to create an innovative design uh, with an unmatchable aura of wellness throughout the space in its orr campus uh, this is uh, it has this is uh, india's first pre certified co working space and has incorporated most of the well compliant elements in its design uh, the well is a section of the uh, international uh, IG, uh, IGW, uh, I, IB, IGBC. Uh, the design overall uh, builds a state-of-the-art shield of wellness and sanctity around their employees, maintaining uh, a rock-solid functional framework and a creative milieu that is built to stand the test of time. Uh, especially in terms of keeping the employees uh, at their, uh, at their, you know, at their, at the comfort, at their uh, meeting their needs of comfort, uh, the design supports and promotes holistic wellness of the employees and members. So we have gone to this micro level of wellness and well-being of the employees through by utilizing the standards of well, by utilizing the concepts that make well. Uh, each element of the workspace, right from the raw materials uh, to the furniture, uh, are 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 layered with positivity and well-being. Uh, this is a video which showcases uh, how we have used the Unity AR. I'm sorry. You guys can go through the video and I'll explain in detail. 
on-site AI technology. Remotely monitor ongoing progress in real time from anywhere in the world. As you can see, uh, we have used uh, the Unity AR uh, software, which is uh, a component of the Autodesk uh, uh, BIM 360. We have used this uh, uh, as a real-time design review and coordination solution that connects everyone involved with the project. So that, that would include the project uh, uh, managers, the designers, the architects, the construction, the vendors, everyone. Uh, so it is a very useful tool uh, uh, it gives you actually a one-to-one -one model of the of your uh, of the uh, of the one-to-one -one scale of the entire model with details, including everything everything which uh, everything from uh, the uh, HVAC systems, the ducting, the uh, the flooring, the ceiling, the wall, everything. Everything is it is in one platform, and any and it is uh, in current times especially. Uh, this this kind of an uh, interaction, this kind of immersive technology, actually helps uh, to for seamless communication between all everyone involved in the project. So uh, it is uh, through this video you can see that it is an entire journey. It's from the construction to the post handover to make sure that anything that we had proposed at the beginning and throughout and with any changes they have been carefully and clearly integrated within the project at even post handover. This, uh, as you can see, the, uh, the furniture, the furniture has been integrated at the, at the time of uh, designing. The ductings can be seen. Uh, if, if there are any snacks, they can be taken care at the same time. Uh, the, the it can be communicated to the person to the designer so that they can make sure that the snacks are are solved and uh, taken care of. Uh, different categories can be chosen to see how how effectively the place the placement of everything is uh, according to. Uh, what was proposed at the at the beginning uh, of the project and during uh, it, it it has a it has a breakdown of all the details you want the kind of uh, texture the materials anything that is used can be actually categorized and can actually be followed throughout the entire uh, project through unity air gain absolute transparency to ensure precise execution and avoid errors. Yeah, so uh, and uh, as I had mentioned earlier, there is a social impact of sustainable communities. A sustainable environment needs to support all the basic needs of the end user in, need, in terms of shelter, comfort, health and security by enhancing the individual and social well-being and overall the community well-being identity. Uh, uh, projects, they need to prioritize placemaking that expresses identity and territory. Uh, these are some of the design principles, design measures. Uh, we can provide high quality pedestrian public connections. So this is something that uh, is integrated of, a, of a, a close community along with an urban, uh, uh, urban setup. 
we have we can create uh, space, provide spaces with a neurodiverse connection to nature. Uh, this is uh, design spaces with adaptive thermal comfort standards. These all these kind of design measures and principles uh, at a micro level they actually contribute to energy efficiency because user behavior is very integral for uh, for us to set an efficient energy efficient future energy efficient goal for the organization and for all of us involved with design. This is uh, in, in this is one of our biggest career milestones. Our collaboration with the with together has yielded us the uh, award of the world's first health and safety rating co rated co working space by Well. Uh, the I the design which was uh, this 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 comes at a time when the pandemic was at its you know uh, as at its peak. Uh, we we took we made sure that the employee safety uh, and security was uh, uh, taken care of from the base level uh, uh, the workplace meets and exceeds all criteria regarding health and well-being uh, some of some of the features include a purified air supply again uh, very much needed in the present uh, scenario uh, it is it was well be below 50 uh, aqi with optimum co2 levels clean water supply uh, fit with ro uh, plus and uv filters uh, uh, healthy natural light supply which is uh, optimized use of uh, sunlight and uh, human centric lighting uh, proper nourishment. We have a cafeteria equipped with, uh, 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 you know, with labels which indicate food that is uh, for used for nourishment and for the well-being. Uh, acoustic standards are maintained uh, with uh, double gypsum partitions, which are uh, 135 mm thick, and uh, guidelines for cleaning and maintenance are strictly followed. Uh, provisions of mental health and uh, wellness support through workshops and literature is also taken care of. Uh, those initiatives have been taken care and uh, 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 creating a thermal comfort through suitable uh, thermostat settings and optimum comfort levels also has been maintained throughout the uh, building. And especially when it comes to a community building, uh, uh, creating a social impact through a community we have uh, we have made sure that this entire space integrates and gives a communal vibe to anyone who occupies this space one of the major aspects and something that could actually be uh, an integral part is is financial uh, sustainability of the project uh, we at zaita use uh, 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 daylight and solar analysis for Making uh, for uh, op, uh, making sure that spaces are designed uh, alongside alongside uh, uh, alongside the zoning uh, patterns, the peripheral zones, to make sure that uh, the sunlight, the natural daylight, and natural light is used as much as possible. Uh, the heating and the heat thermal analysis actually helps us in uh, making sure that certain zones that do not require uh, do not uh, that do not require that much of uh, heating and can be optimized by proper cooling can are placed in those zones uh, furniture is regulated displacement of furniture is regulated via that uh, circadian uh, as much as possible circadian system of lighting is used uh, uh, the all these actually uh, 
cumulatively they reflect on the annual savings of a build of an organization they would be significantly uh, higher the savings would be much higher when compared to a baseline there's, so there's always a baseline there's always a, a, a fact of an old versus a, a building which which when integrated with efficient energy de design systems and and which is again in a, a powered by uh, and connected through iot there is a significant increase in annual savings for the building and for the clients so uh, our, uh, the capital the capital expense which is a cap capex will be uh, will be would be capped giving way to decide on uh, uh, you know more uh, fixed assets such as uh, lighting and uh, thermal uh, comfort so these are fixed assets so these these when they are optimized these when they are efficiently built and efficiently placed these can actually increase the capital expenses rather than rather than actually having to focus on operational expenses of the building so this is this overall is a, is actually uh, increases the financial sustainability of the of the space and all this is integrated with the policies of the organization as well coming to uh, the carbon which is integrate which is uh, which is uh, emitted and which is uh, uh, which is emitted through the operations of the building and the usage of materials we have two carbon types in buildings one is embodied carbon and one is operational carbon operational carbon refers to carbon dioxide which is emitted through this uh, through the uh, processes of uh, heating um, uh, cooling uh, which and and lighting so uh, when when a building is in operation when a building is being used there are certain uh, the there are certain values of carbon dioxide which is emitted due to those systems due to the uh, usage of those systems uh, <clears throat> one minute sorry uh, typical uh, energy sources for this purpose are electricity and which electricity is fueled by fossil fuel uh, burning and natural gas which all which which actually increases the carbon the operational carbon of the building the the all these the carbon part the carbon part of these buildings as you as i had shown in the uh, the first slide contribute to almost uh, contribute to almost a uh, 2.9 gigatons of carbon dioxide into the world so buildings buildings are a huge factor uh, buildings are a huge factor when it comes to uh, uh, especially because we have our our sole responsibility in making sure the buildings uh, need to be you know uh, efficiently built so that they don't emit the carbon dioxide which will eventually lead to drastic climate changes embodied carbon uh, refers to uh, the the locking of the carbon when it, when during the extraction manufacture and transport of building materials so if if you have to uh, manufacture something for uh, for uh, a particular uh, material for a building construction that the the tapping of that uh, material from its uh, raw raw materials for it to be manufactured in the industry the process of it being transported to the site and the entire and the process of it being uh, built into the structure this entirely this whole journey is an embodied carbon this whole journey uh, of that material of that material 
is uh, uh, emits in uh, enough carbon dioxide which is which actually if if not if not uh, taking care of can actually contribute much higher to building uh, carbon emissions Uh, this is a representation, a visual representation of how buildings learn. You know what happens after they're built. Uh, the structure, which is uh, you know stays for sixty to two hundred years, which is a long is a long way to go. Concrete or steel structures have a high carbon footprints. It's one time, basically when the building is constructed. So that that again brings us to the fact of using buildings that can be retrofitted rather than actually constructing a building because the structure in itself has concrete and steel which are which are high uh, which are high which are big carbon uh, footprints all of these we have a play, we have a hand to, we have a role in 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 reducing the usage of these materials the skin building envelopes uh, have uh, high embodied carbon emissions uh, services in the air mechanical electrical and plumbing system which i re which i just covered <clears throat> and they are full the, everything is understood the mechanism everything is understood but the 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 kind of carbon emissions that uh, that the, the it is actually very significant and it, it stays for 5 to 30 years so there's 30 years worth of uh, the amount of embodied carbon from these actually it, you know, it increases as it as the building gets older. Uh, the space planning, space layouts, internal walls, materials all lead uh, all uh, increase the building's carbon footprint. Stuff stuff as in anything, anything, anything that is used to uh, for aesthetic purpose. If it does not, if it's not, does not have a capped uh, carbon uh, neutral value. Again, they all contribute to an overall uh, carbon emissions uh, factor. And that site site is obviously forever. Uh, they do not uh, generate carbon emissions, but they but uh, if a site is play is used as it is with plants and with fauna and flora, uh, they will they will be able to sequester the uh, carbon to a level that will not be harmful to us. But we have seen that for constructing anything or we the main one the first thing that we do is we cut down all the trees and cut down. Uh, all the uh, 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 biodiversity, uh, which uh, which actually alters the cycle of that entire site. So all these are factors that lead to the increase in embodied carbon of buildings, and and as I said, they are significant and they really need to be used in moderation. Uh, it is anticipated that embodied carbon will be responsible for 72% of the carbon emissions associated with global uh, new construction between now and 2030. 2030 is a goal for India. So uh, product material, transport, construction, maintenance and replacement, end of life disposal of, uh, of, uh, of the materials, this contributes to 45%. So we have to. Uh, the, these are the areas of focus. Uh, these are the areas that we need to focus on, which will actually reduce uh, embodied carbon. So unlike uh, embodied, uh, unlike uh, operational carbon emissions, which can be reduced over, uh, you know, over uh, over the years with efficient building management systems and, uh, as I mentioned, the sensors and and integration of automation. Uh, embodied carbon is actually starts from the very beginning it starts even before we actually think of uh, uh, managing a building with systems so 
it starts from that level. We have to make sure that anything, the materials, uh, anything that is used for the whole building, the whole building approaches need to be focused on. These are the, these all these actually contribute. Uh, you know the the respective percentages to that building so these are the areas of focus these are the uses that we will have to focus on these are the uses that we'll have to mod we have to cut down to make sure that we as 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 designers and as uh, <clears throat> we, we do not contribute to the uh, emissions uh, which are which is prevalent over the world now this is uh, uh, this is something that is integrated in the LEED V4 uh, rating system. It's called the life cycle assessment of interiors. So uh, anything anything that is uh, any material that we use, it has a certain uh, life cycle. Uh, so it is a, this is the scientific method for quantifying the embodied carbon of each material right from its extract right from the extract extraction for its uh, uh, for its manufacture uh, to the distribution to its use and at the end the disposal so this uh, it it's it's something is is almost like a circular economy uh, whatever there is no waste right whatever uh, uh, whatever we make has to be whatever we use whatever we uh, are uh, whatever we see around us all of them they generate they have they're not supposed to generate waste because nature does not have uh does not have a policy of have of it being uh you know it being a waste there is a cycle so once you start something whatever we do it has to go back to whatever it was so it, it that is the same case of uh, uh of materials that we have to use what uh, anything that we use and if it has it has to be uh, manufactured if it has to be constructed on site it has to have the same cycle for it to be disposed properly and uh, so that it, it the carbon em which is emitted during its life cycle is actually properly you know it's the neg the negative impacts is uh, put aside uh, due to because of its disposal so the disposal actually balances the uh, the positive impacts and with the with the negative impacts so this this actually will encourage a carbon neutral uh, uh, carbon neutral uh, organization a carbon neutral global standard so all this uh, this uh, this is paired with an environmental uh, de uh, product de uh, declaration which we see is on the rise uh, it it becomes an uh, it becomes a fact sheet. So, uh, so if you for a material, you'll have certain uh, you'll have certain categories. You'll have certain uh, ways whether it is uh, how it has been uh, you know extracted, how uh, the the method of uh, manufacturing that particular uh, product, the 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 way it has been brought to the site all all these uh, and uh, how how much it is used how uh, where it will be used uh, what is the longevity what is the durability what is the maintenance all these will be uh, sort of in a fact sheet and this fact sheet will ha will be the uh, driver for us to actually know whether this material can be used or not so uh, this again entails user behavior we have to cut down we have to make sure that whatever material we use 
is actually a give back to nature we are not going to be using something that uh, we should not be using something that goes against nature uh, uh, embodied carbon works in such a way that everything uh, that we use has a potential uh, uh, carbon emitting quality so we have to be very uh, mindful of the kind of materials we use when constructing or manufacturing or any or the interiors that we plan for uh this uh this is these are whole building approaches uh embodied carbon uh, as i said uh they are something that are uh, you know it's 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 before the operations begin of a building so one one major thing would be to use and repurpose existing buildings because construction uh, construction actually delivers uh, uh increases the emissions of carbon so using or or, or retrofitting uh, already constructed buildings is a huge factor when it comes to uh, reducing uh, embodied carbon emissions uh using uh, uh, ex uh sal salvaged or recycled materials whenever possible to eliminate uh, em emissions associated with manufacturing uh, new materials uh, so um, we have so many examples of recycled plastic recycled uh, wood uh, rather than virgin uh, materials such as steel and uh, and uh, concrete uh, recycled kind of recycled uh, materials can be actually used for uh, the interiors uh, a cl a clear carbon targets need to be established before the beginning so that th this is where the fact sheet the epd and the lca fact sheet actually comes into force so you know when you use a material you need to know that this is the carbon target this is the carbon uh, value carbon emission value of that particular uh, material and you need to make sure that at the end that at the end of the construction at the end of the retrofitting you know that this is your target and you need to work towards that target and then um, uh any and uh, this also entails all the parties involved right because uh, owners occupants every everything everyone needs to be involved in this uh, the project uh, the consultants especially need to be uh, as a whole as a whole uh, kind of a scenario everyone needs to be uh, involved in making sure the targets are met um uh, we have uh, optimizing for material efficiency as in uh, we uh, specify higher grade material usage and don't and and making sure the materials that are used are not you know uh, whatever we we uh, propose should not be uh, overly uh, uh, brought into sight as in if you if you order so much it has to be so much or it has to be lesser but there should not be a wastage of it at site or anywhere in in between uh choosing carbon sequestering materials as i said a site in itself when it when it is left with its flora and fauna uh actually absorbs the carbon and 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 that 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 essentially is a huge uh, factor for us to uh <clears throat> leave the site as it is if especially if it is thriving with the uh, biodiversity uh, designing for durability obviously uh, uh, when anything that you design any material that you use has to uh, has to be durable over the long term it has to uh, collectively uh, if it is it is to be uh, retrofitted if a space has to be retrofitted if a building has to be retrofitted with salvage uh, materials with uh, carbon uh, absorbing materials 
all of these will essentially lead to the point of it being durable over long term. Uh, some more approaches are uh, maximizing structural efficiency. So uh, optimum, uh, what would I say? We have to achieve uh, maximum structural efficiency uh, in 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 the in the terms of it has uh, there has to be lesser snags. There has to be lesser uh, room for error when it comes to using the kind of materials. As I said, when <clears throat> when you choose materials, it has to be uh to to the right level it has to be balanced uh, anything there should not be any waste at the site or it should not there, there should not be any waste uh, during its manufacture during its uh, uh, during its uh, product life so um, which which in turn uh, uh, which in turn actually contributes to it being durable uh, we have to choose the right materials for our climate so there are uh, india has uh, several zones uh, uh, which are segregated according to the climate so according to the local resource according to the climate that is there we'll have to make sure that the materials that we choose are uh, are are in line with the climate of the zone uh, so this would be uh, uh, taking into consideration the heat and moisture and the humidity level of the space so the materials uh, need to be Probably, if, if, for example, if you have to use uh, bamboo, we can use bamboo, recycled bamboo, wherever, uh, uh, wherever there are, uh, you know, the heat, the heating of the space is, is too much. We can use bamboo, recycled bamboo. We can use it in ceilings. We can use it for uh, the furniture. So, uh, those uh, those kind of materials need to be carefully picked and chosen for the space. Uh, we can use uh, use low uh, low emissions transportation. So this is part of the embodied carbon. This is where the transport of the product final product is brought to site. So where, during this transportation, during uh, this commute of the from site from uh, man, from the manufacturing unit to the site, uh, the transportation that we use can actually be uh, lo low emissions. They actually they they can be uh, sent through probably. Uh, electrical vehicles uh, as an example and uh, yeah that can be logged and made sure that it uh, you know as a long term it satisfies the carbon neutral targets uh, limiting carbon intensive materials this is again uh, an overall uh, the fact sheet actually will help you in choosing those kind of uh, materials and uh, a lower carbon alternative so anything that is recycled uh, except for uh, except for steel and concrete or uh, or or uh, vinyl anything any anything other than these virgin materials they all contribute to the to the lessening of the carbon emission rate they are all alternatives they are all lower carbon alternatives Uh, this is uh, uh, a carbon neutral material board. For flooring, uh, we have reclaimed hardwood, uh, which is, you know, uh, it is reused. This is from cut down trees, which is uh, wood that is not being polished or altered uh, at site. They can be recycled to use uh, at, uh, for uh, various purposes. We have recycled rubber, which is from... Um, from the uh, from the from the uh, sap that actually uh, is found in 
trees. So this uh, there's actually uh, sap which is found in the rubber trees, but this is the sap that actually is ignored, which is actually left. So th that actually can be used for uh, uh, to make uh, recycled rubber. It is all uh, made from uh, rubber tires too. So tires can be recycled for rubber, uh, recycled rubber uh, flo uh, flooring. Recycled glass again is from uh, broken pieces of glasses. They are recycled. Uh, they are put together. They are integrated. They are mixed with colors. They have uh, all of these. All of these materials have a low maintenance. They have uh, uh, they are fire retardants and uh, and they actually you know uh, aesthetically pleasing too. So uh, in usage of these can be moderate to high use. And uh, uh, as as I said, uh, all of these are carbon uh, low carbon alternatives for uh, interiors uh, jute in ceilings we have uh, we have uh, bio uh, bio laminate we have stone wool which is also has acoustic properties uh, we have uh, the wall for wall we have a lime a lime wash which is you know uh, an alternative to cement based mixtures and and suitable for any kind of surface um, and then we have uh, micro cement which is uh, which is which is a type of uh, of uh, you know a joint free finish that that's super easy to clean uh, instead of you know gravel and everything we can use the the very little waste is generated because of that and once uh, applied there are no volatile emissions so all of these have low vocs low to zero voc emissions in all uh, uh, some so these are three D printed uh, products. Uh, these are a few products made from recycled sawdust. This is by Forest uh, California. They are a three D printing uh, uh, company. Uh, this is a three D lamp made from recycled plastic. So these are all carbon intensive uh, products in its lifetime. But once they are recycled, they they give way to such. Uh, beautiful props and beautiful uh, products that we can use anywhere in our interiors and they are are you know zero carbon low carbon alternatives to what we actually use in uh, for our uh, interiors well, we cannot ignore the effect of the pandemic on uh, on our uh, in the in the construction industry uh, it has derailed several industries off track and how uh, at at a, at a at a sub level it has created opportunities for us for the design fraternity but against this backdrop against a backdrop of already slowing uh, energy efficiency improve, uh, the covid 19 crisis adds a new layer of uh, certainty firstly uh, delayed investments in energy efficient systems has increased uh, behavioral change. Uh, there were incentives provided for energy efficient uh, uh, usages in our homes, in commercial buildings. So, uh, because of the investment, because of the delayed investments in the economic scenario of these energy efficiency systems, there has been a change. There has been a behavior change into into actually using these products, using these systems in our buildings. Uh, the government policy response is also very muted. Uh, there it is very slow very very slow as if, if we have to achieve a target of net zero in 2050 the current government uh, policy response is actually very slow and it is actually and the co and the covid 19 pandemic has actually 
derailed has actually slowed down that uh, the, the progress that we had between 2003 and 2015 all of these need to be addressed all of these need to be addressed under uh, uh, if not uh, if not a pandemic for us for india or for all of us to actually achieve at the end the net zero all of these need to be in company all of these need to be taken care of uh, investments need to be properly uh, segregated according to the sectors they need to make sure that all of these sectors all of the organizations under the sectors need to have uh, uh, environmental policies which adhere to the un sdgs uh, sustainable development goals uh, we have uh, our behaviors our, everyone's behaviors the moderation the kind of usage that we have that we uh, uh the, the usage of these materials of the usage of these systems they need to be changed they need to make we need to make sure that the way we see it, the way we uh the way we see our future should be uh, coupled with how we use these materials it the uh, in it is it is for the future it is for us for uh, the generations to come so we have to learn from our mistakes and and the thing is we cannot take small steps we need to take leaps forward to actually achieve that target all of this along with the government needs to come together for this so this is where this is where everybody needs to be on board the occupiers of the building <clears throat> the investors who invest in the building the developers the supply chain of the material of the of the entire journey of the construction of the thing and and binding them all together is our designers so <clears throat> the design fraternity and everyone needs to be on board along with the government policies to make sure that uh, carbon emissions need to be cut down they need to be targeted everything that you build anything that you construct anything that you retrofit needs to have a carbon uh, at least a low carbon target at the end all of these uh, uh, all of these uh, what do i say uh, all of these come under a sustainability team right uh, so it starts at the top with the commitment made by the leaders to to enact change for others it's just gaining momentum but with every but every organization goes along along a different path and we have to make sure whichever path that is the target should be a carbon neutral target and uh, sustainability needs to be an investment on its own it needs to be an independent unit on its own it has but it has to be equally integrated with both strategic and operational business units we all cumulatively occupiers every uh, the investors developers will have to push harder and as ms uh, suhasni had uh, mentioned uh, yesterday this is a huge responsibility on our shoulders and the impact of how we design how much we curb our temptation to use those materials which uh, 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 running after uh, please, uh, aesthetically pleasing elements needs to be curbed it needs to be uh, environmentally we need to be environmentally con conscious in whatever decision we we make in terms of uh, construction and designing so uh, all this needs to uh, what do i say uh it it's to make the world a eco-friendly and a better world right we all need to be the change we all need to make workplaces of the future which uh which are efficient which are which are uh, which have longevity and at the same time uh, is uh, is is uh, efficient in terms of energy utilization and power saving
and 2050 is the year of deliverance. Be the change. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Architect Apana. It was a great, great, uh, you know, uh, detailed presentation on what you gave, and I guess it solved a lot of, you know, uh, uh, ideas which we had for carbon emission. So there are a certain questions from the audience, you know, which we would request you to answer. A okay. couple of questions. Yeah. So you know, with uh, how Texas came up with their first 3D printing housing. and uh, then iit madras also you know had a prototype yeah. currently recently in india so is the future like truly sustainable uh, with 3d printing technology overboard or like what are your views on it a uh, 3d printing is only a, a very small uh, sector of uh, building construction but it is it is an integral part if it is in enforced as it is uh, has been enforced by these certain companies if we make sure that whatever we do can actually be 3d printed there is the certain setback of it being manufactured with additives right but uh, as uh, as i had shown uh, the company called forest it actually uses recycled sawdust to make those products so if we can find those kind of uh, carbon neutral kind of materials which can be recycled such as plastic uh, glass uh, all these which are recyclable that that's the whole point it has to start from the very beginning when you are going to use some a material it has to have a high uh, recyclability rate so if you use that material if you use wood it obviously you can recycle it into uh, various things right so if that product if that material can actually be used to uh, for 3d printing well and good but it is an integral part but a very small part i would say there are a lot of other factors that come into play and those factors also need to be taken care of so 3d printing along uh, goes hand in hand with our behavioral change also the acceptance is very important when it comes to anything any kind of software for sustainability uh i can't hear you radha so yeah can you hear me now yeah yeah thank you yeah so the second question from one of the audience member is what is the role of smart building services and uh, you know about the pros and cons of smart building services yeah uh, so a smart building uh, as i had covered it actually integrates uh, the internet of things so anything uh, anything that we do the kind of sensors the kind of systems the kind of uh, uh, occupy the uh, occupancy everything can be evaluated through the iot integration so everything depends on data then the data is fed into this uh, into the systems the data is fed into automation systems and all of that help us in making the building smart so it starts from uh, it starts with the building management system wherein uh, the each of the product each of the system that is used is actually connected to the the overall iot system so if you are using uh, especially now with a staggered workforce when someone comes to occupy a space and it, it you are using only around what do i say 30% of the total uh, building foot uh, building footprint using only 30% so a smart building when integrated with iot when integrated with automation sensors can actually 
generate uh, energy and power only for the 30% that is occupied that is a smart building uh, when compared to uh, when compared to a regular building uh, which which would actually not have these kind of uh, systems or anything the power the 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 annual savings the power usage of that particular system due to heating cooling uh due to ventilation all will substantially increase because it is not optimized to for that only only the 30 percent occupancy right so in a smart building that 30 that 30 percent usage will be the only 30 will be the only percentage that is calculated at the end <clears throat> so the annual savings actually round up to that particular uh occupancy of that building so a smart building is actually very efficient in terms of savings and power utilization so like there are a lot of pros uh, uh you know compared to cons it seems yes as as compared to the cons of a regular uh, building without uh, uh, the integration of iot but the thing is a smart building has a lot more so there is uh, utilization of space uh, the systems the lighting hvac safety security all those are an integral part of the smart building all of these are connected uh, you know humans and machines machine to machine everything is integrated when compared to a, a, an, a regular building the savings the optimizations uh, the the uh, the overall uh, benefit of a smart building cannot be ignored for sure for sure that is true so another you know the question from one of the audience members is that does smart city concept work in india because see smart cities are you know concept of smart cities has been incorporated since a long time on you know various parts of the world so does how you know how does it work in india the smart city concept uh, your views on it yeah uh, so again uh, everything everything involved for a smart city is uh, is uh, is actually important so a smart city comes under uh, an urban uh, design right so when uh, nowadays every urban uh, space is designed according for it to be uh, for example there is an eco district so an eco district has these kind of uh, it's it's a it's a higher alternative a higher uh, not alternative a higher grade of a, of a smart city so it involves everything uh, within its own uh, within its own walls so as i said when you want to utilize a space for a meeting uh, there is something there is a building which is you might have a meeting space in the same building that you are staying in the residing in or it it might be within walkable or it might be within uh, uh, cycling distance right so those everything needs to be optimized so a smart city actually uh, takes care of uh, uh, the kind of uh, commute transit uh, it has its own uh, heating and uh, uh, cooling uh, provisions it is it is generated uh, the electricity the power is all generated by uh, renewable sources uh, 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 parks uh, green hubs green cover will be more so all of these all of these go hand in hand and this is where all of us need uh, play a role investors occupiers consultants designers all of them need to go hand in hand when building a smart city so as far as india is concerned uh, 2030 is the target for reducing carbon emissions so a smart city and multiple smart cities across uh, the, uh, across different states would actually 
actually contribute to that target would actually uh, push us faster and stronger towards that target of achieving the 30 to 33% of carbon emission uh, reduction so smart cities are a good alternative but they need to be eco districts rather than you know uh, it has to be an integration of everything biodiversity as well as smart building integration yeah so uh, uh, smaller fragments need to be you know uh, be successful in these uh, terms in order to make a larger picture yeah, very much successful larger picture yeah. yes so atoms make up a molecule so smaller yeah. energy efficient molecule uh, atoms will make up a bigger eco district of a molecule so it has to actually reflect towards all the states for sure and the you know the last question from our audience is which are potential smart materials in construction industry towards 2050 like uh, potential trends in materials in carbon emission uh, 2050 to uh, zero net zero carbon emission 2050 you know you told okay uh, so uh, smart i they asking about uh, okay yeah uh, so uh, anything that has uh, a recyclable value anything that is uh, a, a, a product of a recycled uh, material uh, and anything that actually has a low maintenance uh, are all come under smart materials because it is a smart decision to use this material so it's actually collectively a smart uh, material uh, right now uh, we have uh, as i had shown we have something called uh, cork uh, we have jute we have uh, uh, particle boards and we have uh, these are some of the materials that are currently in use uh, we at zyta also have used uh, certain uh, most uh, certain materials that actually uh, are uh, you know they encourage the su sustainability of the spaces through both through uh, the impact of it in the space uh, through financial uh, you know to budget uh, provisions also low budget provisions also and also because uh, we also have uh, a rise in these products being manufactured we have these companies that are coming up with these because they are becoming more and more environmentally conscious so we have more of these companies that manufacture and sell these products so there is also that uh, education that uh, awareness of those materials so we uh, these the, the materials materials that i mentioned these are available for now and these are actually uh, actually help us the drive towards uh, you know being smart about choosing the right kind of uh, carbon neutral materials yes that was you know the questions we covered from the audiences thank you so much uh, ms aparna it was a great great session and a very insightful one indeed thank you thank so you. much for your uh, presence Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Bye. Yes. So uh, there is a there is a half an hour break now, uh, after which the panel discussion for interior architecture will commence, and post that around four thirty will be the workshop for nature inspired design thinking in auditorium two. So until then, you guys can you know. Uh, talk in network lounge as well and roam around with the uh, overview of the venue and everything regarding the venue you can do that and talk to each other regarding the venue and everything thank you so much